Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, AJ Hogue, where AJ's more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's AJ with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. I am AJ Hogue, the author of Effortless English, Learn to Speak English Like a Native. Welcome, a little chat. This is not a walk and talk because I'm not walking. <laughs> this is a, a sit and talk, a sit and chat. I'm just going to sit and chat with you. It's a Sunday. I had a busy day today. Today was a day with family. It was Father's Day. It is still Father's Day. Father's Day in Japan, so my wife's father and mother came over and visited, and also my wife's sister and her son, my nephew, the famous Masanori. So we all got together, and we spent the whole day together, which was very nice. We ate lunch together, and then we I played with uh, Masanori. We played with Masanori, and then we ended up going to dinner together. And they finally, they finally went home, and then I came and just finished a teleseminar, a live teleseminar with VIP members. So I finally started doing these again. So this is where we talk, get to actually hear your voices. It was nice to hear your voices. Uh, nice chatting, always nice chatting with uh, VIP members. Nice to hear your voices, hear your ideas. Um, and I know it can be a little scary sometimes uh, at the first time to to talk and everybody's listening and talking to me in English. But uh, everybody did a great job. Could I could understand everybody. And, uh, you know, good job. Very good. So as you can see, nothing to fear. So VIP members, um, if you missed it today... If you're busy for some reason, don't worry. We'll do it again. Probably in a few weeks, I'll do another live chat with VIP members. I was just checking out highlights and scores, looking at the World Cup and Iceland. The Vikings of Iceland managed to tie Argentina, which is a huge upset, of course, because Iceland is a tiny little country and they don't usually go into the World Cup and Argentina is like a, you know, soccer superpower and Iceland's defense prevented them from, I think they prevented them from scoring. I believe it was 0-0. I have to check again the score, but they, uh, they tied the game, so... Iceland's another team would be fun to support. Uh, part of my family background is, uh, well, it's actually Danish Viking, but, you know, all those Scandinavian Viking countries, Denmark, Sweden, Norway, and Iceland are Scandinavian countries. They used to be Vikings long, long ago. So I have a special love for the uh, for those Viking countries. So, good job, Iceland. <laughs> Hopefully the, uh, the Vikings of Iceland will continue doing well. Now, 
as I mentioned, today is Father's Day. So for all you fathers, happy Father's Day. And for everybody else, I hope you, uh, if your father is alive, I hope you had a chance to at least call your dad up. I'll be calling my dad. I'm actually going to call my dad soon. As soon as I finish recording this, I'm going to call my dad and tell him happy Father's Day. Always good to talk to my dad. Uh, my dad lives in Georgia. I mentioned, you know, before how my dad and I, you know, bonded and connected uh, through that national championship game, the American football, college football game of the University of Georgia, my university, against Alabama. And my dad's a big fan of Georgia. Of course, I'm a fan of Georgia because I, I went there. And uh, but it was, it was really great. We don't have a good connection. With that, and I think it's you know it's this is a good topic too because I sports can be a way for people to connect, as I said. But in general, I think it's just important for us to find ways to connect with people. Sometimes we're very different, especially family members, right? Like my dad and I actually are very different in a lot of ways. Um, and so maybe for a while, you know, during a certain part of my life, it was especially when I was younger. Uh, it was a little, you know, hard to f- like find a way to connect with my dad. But sometimes it can just be the simplest things that can create a connection. And then through that, create a stronger and deeper relationship. Often it's just a shared activity or like, you know, something simple like this. Like I said, the 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 shared support of this American football team. You know, it really, uh, it actually has helped bring my dad and I closer together. It gives us something where we're both excited about it. We talk about it a lot. And then, you know, when we talk about that, and then we will talk about other things too. Another one with my dad is golf. Another way that I connect with my dad is through golf. And my dad, all my life, all my life growing up, my dad has been a an enthusiastic golfer always has been interested in golf and I avoided golf <laughs> for most of my life I just uh, I tried it as a teenager you know I know my dad really was hoping I would become a golfer um, wanted me to play golf so I tried it when I was in high school as a teenager I went out I took some lessons and uh played a few rounds and just got very frustrated, did not like it. Um, any of you who are golfers, you'll understand, you know, it's, it can be a very frustrating game, especially in the beginning. And uh, at that age, I had no patience at all. And so the, I didn't really, I didn't understand like the appeal, the, 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 you know, why do people like golf so much? I didn't understand it. Watching golf on TV, I thought was boring. I still think it's boring, honestly, to watch it. I don't, that part I still don't understand. I mean, I, I know if someone's maybe really into golf, it's fun to watch the pros, but I still find it very boring to watch. Um, and at that age, I couldn't understand even playing it. Like, well, what? I don't like this game. It's so slow. And very frustrating, you know, the tiniest mistake and your ball goes into the trees or into the water. Or <laughs> so it just, it didn't fit my personality. It didn't fit me. And, 
you know, unfortunately so, because I finally started, I finally got interested in golf. When was it? When did I first get interested in golf? I'm trying to remember. I guess it was actually, I was, we were, where was it? Thailand, I guess. I mean, really, I was, we were living in Hawaii and we, we took a trip to Thailand for a while, like a long trip, a few months. And uh, I don't know, I just suddenly decided that, you know, golf might actually be a fun activity. I had played something called disc golf, frisbee golf, which is uh, where you use these frisbees and you try to throw it into this basket. And I liked it. And uh, I thought, well, you know, maybe I should try real golf. I might actually like it now. I think I'm starting to understand why why people like it. I think I'm understanding the appeal, right? The the interesting part of the game, why it's enjoyable. And so we went to this town called Huajin. So my wife and I, we took a train from Bangkok down to Huajin. And Huajin is where the king of Thailand used to live, the previous king of Thailand. He had his big palace down there. It's on the, it's on the uh, ocean. It's kind of a, it's not a very big, it's, it's just a, I don't know, medium-sized town. It's not a city. So it's on the beach. They have, occasionally they have some kite surfing there. I, I used to do kite surfing because when we lived in Hawaii for a short time, I learned how to kite surf. But anyway, we went down there and I specifically went, I registered for this, um, uh, like intensive one week of learning golf, right? So private lessons for one week. And the idea is as a total beginner, go down there and learn to play golf and to get good enough just to play, not to be good, but just good enough to, to play, you know, to feel confident enough to play games. So I went down there and, uh, we walked, you know, it's it's in heat and humidity, really hot, very humid, right? Kind of humid, meaning kind of wet in the air, not rainy, but just, you know, not dry, which is Thailand's always that way. And we stayed in this, uh, this kind of, um, I don't know, mid-range, middle-range hotel. And in the morning, this guy came and got picked me up took me out to a golf course and Hua Hin has several golf courses took me out to this one golf course um I was expecting I don't know I don't know what I was expecting I guess something just kind of cheap but actually it was incredibly nice golf course you know very well taken care of um it's the tropics so you know just all these you know, lush green trees and palm trees and tropical plants and tropical flowers. It was amazing. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful setting. And I love that. I love just being outdoors. I get crazy if I'm stuck indoors too long, but if I'm outdoors, I'm very happy. So uh, I met the golf pro, the, the teacher. And where was he from? I'm trying to remember. Uh, I can't remember if it was Scotland or England. 
we'll just say Britain that covers it all. <laughs> he was British and uh, nice guy. And we, we just took me out to a range. And then, uh, you know, the thing about golf, it's very precise, right? It's all these small little things. So first he, they, he taught me how to hold the golf club, right? The, the grip. So he gave me this, you know, this, you got to put all your fingers a certain way and your hands a certain way. And the, it's, it's it doesn't feel very natural in the beginning. So he showed me that. And then he showed me, you know, the stance, how should I stand? And then, you know, the swing. Um, and then we started practicing. So then he put down a ball and whoosh, I'd hit it and it would go off to, way off to the right. And then he'd try to, and then he'd adjust. He'd say, okay, now try this. And I'd hit it. And then it would go, you know, off to the right again. And then he would make some adjustment. And this is basically what we did. Then we just, it went for like, you know, hours the first day. Just do that again and again and again and again and again. And occasionally, sometimes I'd hit a straight one. He'd say, oh, great, great, great. By the end of the day, I had blisters on both my hands, like all over my hands. I probably had five or six blisters. Blisters is like, you know, when the, the skin, you know, it's rubbing too much and then it gets kind of water underneath, right? Like a little bubble. Well, that's a blister, right? And that can be painful. So I went home after that first day and like, oh my God. And I had, my hands were just, it was terrible. <laughs> I had all these blisters on my hands. Next day, went back out, exactly the same thing again. So just hitting and 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 hitting, and hitting, and hitting balls. And then the, the blister started to break. And then, it, so the blisters break and the kind of the water's coming out. And then, it, and then they became super painful after they broke. So my hands were just like, my, you know, all the fingers, the hands, uh, inside the hands, the palms, we say, were just uh, like look, look like cut up. They, 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 like the blister, they were blisters, and the blisters broke. They're just all red and ugh, and and just just throbbing like kind of with pain, you know. Just <laughs> so that was the second day, <laughs> third day, repeat again. Yeah, I came home that night and I tried to. I was like, what can I do? And I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to like find, I went to the pharmacy and tried to put stuff on my hands. And, uh, and then I tried to, the next day, like uh, I tried to wrap, you know, band-aids and bandages and things around my hands to try to protect them. But it doesn't matter. Next day, same thing, just hitting hundreds of balls and the bandages didn't help. My hands were just killing me. So painful. It was horrible. And I'm just thinking, good God, I don't think I like this. Golf sucks. <laughs> it was miserable. Just pain, you know, just, just destroying my hands. Um, but, you know, I paid for the lessons already, so I kept going. And then finally, I think it was like the fourth day. I think it was like four straight days. The fourth day, again, in the morning, hit a bunch of balls and was not you know, getting better, though. Starting to hit some of them straight, certainly not all of them, but um, was at least getting the feeling for like how to swing it and hit it. And so the cool thing about this guy was he's like, OK, fine. You know what? You're good enough. He's like, 
I'm not going to make you into a great golfer in this short time. And your hands are all messed up. So he's like, look, the key thing about golf is just to go out and enjoy it. So I just want you to be confident enough so that you go out and play. It's all about playing and enjoying it. So he's like, let's go play. Let's go play a game. And so we, uh, we walked over to the clubhouse and he, you know, we registered. And one of the great things about Thailand, playing golf in Thailand is fantastic, by the way. If, if there are any golfers out there, go to Thailand and play golf. It is great. It is one of the best places in the world to play golf. Um, because, uh, well, every place I've played golf in Thailand, they, you get a caddy. And this is not normal. I mean, this is, in America, this is, never happens. Um, so a caddy is, you know, they, the caddy drives your car and uh, your cart is called and uh, they even give you advice sometimes um and in thailand it's always these cute girls they always hire cute girls <laughs> to be the caddy the caddy's like uh is like the assistant for the golfer so um like i said there's always cute girls in thailand they know they're marketing they know that uh it's mostly men playing golf there so um but they but uh, because they work that course all the time the caddies are working at the exact same golf course every single time so they actually know the course quite well so they can give you advice like okay try to hit it to the right or don't hit too far on this on this hole or you know be careful about this they so they they're kind of like your little coach too so we went out there and, uh, and they're really nice. They were really, the caddies were kind of fun and they're, um, and the coach was nice. So we just relaxed and, uh, I don't know, we probably played for four hours, maybe that's, it's about usual for a, uh, full, it's called a round, a full round of golf means 18 holes. It's a full game. So we played a full round of golf. And as I said, the, the course was beautiful and it was even more beautiful getting out onto the course because some of the holes you would you would come up to the tee the tees where you so you have 18 holes on the golf course and the the place where you each hole you start is called the tee that's where you make your first hit your first swing it's called the tee so from many of the tees, like they would be up on a hill looking down over the course, the incredible view, you know, out to the distance of, you know, little, little lakes and ponds and all these green uh, ferns, which are like small kind of green, not gonna, like leaves and bushes and then trees and palm trees and uh, just green 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 everywhere and then lots of you know tropical flowers little white flowers little red flowers beautiful beautiful just walking around you know this for four hours just that part i just started feeling like oh this is wonderful i I love this just be outdoors in this great natural setting with the the grass and the trees and the flowers and the plants and this is fantastic (laughs) um so we played the other thing that i realized about golf that is wonderful is it's slow game which as a teenager i didn't like right as a teenager i thought it was boring it's too slow but it's what i now appreciate about golf 
because it's slow, it's, it's kind of a meditation. It's a very meditative game. So in golf, you golf, the game of golf will punish you for getting too excited or too angry or too emotional or too upset. If you do that, you usually end up, usually make even more mistakes and your score gets worse. And golf, you usually will do better playing golf if you can stay calm and relaxed with a clear mind. Even if you're you know, you make mistakes, if you can just sort of let the mistakes go and not get upset about them and keep a kind of very calm, almost like a meditation, like a meditative is the adjective, a meditative mind, um, usually will help you do better. So it rewards having this kind of calm meditative mind, which I also like. But finally, I think the thing I like most about it is that because it's slow, it's a very, very social game. And I think this is the reason it's so popular. I think this is the reason it's so popular. And especially, you know, it's more popular with men, but a lot of women play now too. Um, but it's because it's a social game. It's such a great way to get out with a group of friends or just a group of people. And for four hours, there's because it's a slow game, there's lots and lots and lots of time for talking and socializing and laughing and joking right? Because you get up, you hit your ball, everybody hits their first ball, let's say from the tee. And then, well, what do you do? Then you drive your cart or you walk to the ball. And that takes a while. So you walk there while you're walking or driving your little cart, you chat, there's time to chat. The actual amount of time to hit the ball is pretty short. And there's a lot more time in between. So there's, uh, a lot of time for talking and socializing and chatting. And this is what makes it such a great social game. And so after that experience, I played the whole round. My hands recovered. I went home, but then I started playing a little bit. And I'm still, I'm a terrible golfer, really bad because I just don't play much. You know, living now in Japan in the city, I never play. But what I do love about it is now though, that I do play when I visit my dad. I'm coming back to Father's Day now because uh, this has been golf. It seems strange, something, just a game, but golf has been such a great way to connect with my dad. I love playing golf with him because um, it's just such a great way. Just he, just he and I, just the two of us, we go out, we'll play a game, you know, that's for four hours, it's just, we just go out there, play, we, you know, chat and talk. We just have nothing to do but relax and uh, play the game and, and talk and connect with each other. And it's been a fantastic way. It's really, I think, just, just playing golf, just me playing golf, even though I'm terrible, has been uh, so fantastic for my uh, relationship with my dad, my, my connection with my dad. I feel like I have a much better connection with my dad because of that. And, you know, I really wish that I had more chances to get out and play with him. Unfortunately, you know, he's in America and I'm over here in Japan right now, but whenever I visit, you know, we definitely, we go play golf now. It's uh, it's a great, great way to connect. So I understand it now. I definitely understand it and I like it. It's um, the another person that I can have connected with through golf is my cousin Philip. Some of you may know my cousin Philip. Uh, he used to be on Twitter. 
he's a young guy. He recently graduated from university. And uh, he lives in Indiana, where a lot of my family lives. And he and I also play golf. We play, go, like to go out and play golf whenever I visit. I'll go out with him, and I'll sometimes go out with him and like one of his friends. And uh, they, you know, we his his friends are young and they're funny, so you know we joke around a lot and have. But it's a, again, it's a great time. It's a great way to connect. I think for me too, you know, socially, I'm actually fairly introverted, right? I'm not. Um, I'm not much of an extra, an extrovert, you know, somebody who loves to meet new people and is always chatting and talking and loves to do all that. I'm more quiet. I prefer small groups. I prefer more relaxed social settings. I don't like to go to like big loud parties, for example, with lots of people. I, I don't like that at all. But I love like golf for me is perfect because it's just this quiet, relaxing situation and just hanging out with you know, one, two, or three other people for four hours, and you're enjoying the game, and you're outdoors, and under the the sky, and there's trees and grass, and kind of natural surrounding is fantastic, really great. So I think it's good for us as as children, as kids, adult children, <laughs> to do our best to find a way to connect with our parents. Now, some people just naturally have close connections with their parents, but sometimes we don't. Sometimes we, or sometimes we have a good connection, but maybe it's just, uh, maybe the communication is a little difficult or, you know, maybe we just need to find something that'll make it a little easier. So, and it can be something simple like that. It could be a shared interest, like even just like a sports team. It could be a shared activity, like, what I'm describing with golf. Um, it could be, you know, like going on trips together sometimes, you know, a, a shared uh, travel experience can also bring you together and help to bring you close. This happened with my good friend Joe. So my good friend Joe from learnrealenglish.com. I mean, he and I are good friends, and we, we have been, but we became much, much closer friends after we shared a travel experience together. Really made us much closer friends. And what we did is we walked the Camino de Santiago together. The Camino de Santiago is a pilgrimage route. It's an old uh, Christian pilgrimage route that ends in the town of Santiago in northwest Spain. So the, the original purpose of this pilgrimage was to visit this one uh, cathedral, big church in Santiago, where they have the, the body of St. James is buried under the church. And this is old. This is an old pilgrimage route. Like this, like you know, like a thousand years ago, people would uh, walk across Europe, all walking all the way across Europe to visit, you know, this church of Saint James in northwest Spain. So that's how it began. Nowadays. Um, people do it for lots of different reasons. There's still people who are who are Christian, especially Catholic, who who walk 
the Camino de Santiago for that purpose. But there are also people who do it for other reasons. Um, so I'm not, I'm, I did not do it for that reason, but uh, I did it for more of like the historical reasons and, and cultural and uh, you might say spiritual um, and also as a shared experience with my friend Joe. Now, there are different routes, but the main route, the most popular route, starts on the border of Spain and France, just inside France, a little town. Uh, St. Jean Pied de Port, I believe is the name. And uh, you start there, and then you walk. The first day, you walk up and over the mountains into Spain, and the rest of it's in Spain. It took us 32 days walking across northern Spain. So it's it's a walking pilgrimage. If you do, this is called the Camino Frances. It means the French way, the French Camino, which is, again, like the most popular one. Um the most well-known, the most well-marked. And that one takes around, yeah, around 32 days. That's 32, 34, 35 days, 30 days if you're fast, I guess, um, to walk it. Most people walk it. A few will like do it by bike. And it was a fantastic experience, really great experience. I'll have to do a future podcast about it because um, it's too many details to talk about now, but the main point I want to make again is again this idea of um, using an activity as a means, as a way to connect with another person or other people. And so again, like you know, with Joe and I, Joe and I are very different people. He's a super extrovert. Okay, so like I'm the introvert, right? Socially, um, if if there's let's say like Joe's, I'll give you an example. So we're walking in the Camino. The Camino is a, is, a, is a very social experience because you've got a lot of people walking the same route. So you, you start meeting all these people and you see them every day, right? You start seeing the same people every day because they started about the same time you did. They're all walking the same path. So you start to make friends and connections with people, which is really fun. It's one of the uh, most enjoyable parts of the Camino. So the usual day, the usual pattern would be we'd wake up early in the morning although joe and i and i would usually be the last people to leave the town right we'd stay in a guest house or something some people would stay at the at the churches or dorms or something but anyway everyone everyone wakes up in the morning and they start walking so we would wake up in the morning start walking and usually so you're probably staying in a town usually. So you, 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 you start walking and you go out into the countryside. And usually you probably walk, you know, two, three hours through the countryside and then arrive at another town around, you know, late morning, let's say. And so our usual thing is we'd, you'd, you'd arrive into the main town, we'd go into the center of the town and maybe there'd be like one little cafe or something. And, or maybe a couple little cafes. And so the first stop, we would go and we'd, there would usually be a couple other pilgrims, another couple people who were walking, right? So we'd walk over there, we'd sit down, order a coffee, and chat. And maybe chat with a two, three, four other people. Just a nice little relaxed chat while having our morning coffee, maybe a little breakfast. And I love that. That's, I loved it, you know, just, just sitting, you know, usually sitting outdoors 
in the town square chatting with the other pilgrims in Spanish. They're called peregrinos. Um, sharing a coffee. Usually, you know, with the other pilgrims, you know, we're talking about, oh, well, you know, how's your day going? How are your feet? You know, <laughs> where are you going? Where are you going to stay tonight? Uh, you know, whatever. Talking about the Camino and the path. And then usually, you know, maybe they would get up and leave. Okay, well, we're going to continue. See you later. Bye. And they would leave. We'd sit a little longer, finish our coffee, and then get up. And then we'd walk again and usually repeat this same thing again for lunch. And then finally, uh, at the end of the day, we'd arrive in a, in a town and find a place to stay. And then it would be time for dinner. Now, because at night, right, everybody would, not everybody, but many people would arrive at the same spot, right? So maybe the people who left late, the people left early, they're all going at different speeds. So you only see a few people during the day. But in the evening, lots of people would be at the same town. So suddenly it would be these big groups, you know, much bigger groups of pilgrims and peregrinos for dinner, and so, like, so what I did, I love the, the daytime, the little small chats, just with a couple people, right? Very quiet, very relaxed. That's my perfect kind of socializing, <laughs> okay, as a more of an introverted person. But for Joe, Joe liked the nights, because what Joe would do, he would see like two, three, four, five, oh, and then he'd see some more, then he'd see some other guys, and then he would just try to get everybody into one huge group, and he'd start pushing all the tables together, and soon there would just be this one big, long table at the restaurant or the guest house. And, you know, there'd be 10, 12, 14 of us, and everyone would start be drinking wine, and except me, <laughs> um, and eating and it would, everything's everyone would be joking and laughing and it'd be this big loud fun group and joe would be so happy you know because he's he's just such an extrovert he just loves that kind of you know large social groups with everybody laughing and having a good time and um i at that time would be would then leave <laughs> Because what would happen for me is, as it got louder, 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 it would get to a point where suddenly it was just, for me, it's just too loud, too many people, too chaotic, and like uh, preferring a more quiet, kind of relaxed chats, I would say, okay, good night, I'm going to bed. And then I would go to bed and he would stay out usually a little bit later and have a great time. And so this would just repeat. But the great thing about the Camino is that it had both. So, <coughs> excuse me, during the days... There would be the kind of time for small, quiet socializing with just small groups. And then during the nights, big groups. But in both cases, again, the shared activity, the shared activity brought people together. Right? We could connect with people who, who were basically strangers, right, when we started from all different countries, all different ages, everything. But because we're all sharing this experience of walking the Camino together, you know, with all with our backpacks, like immediately it creates some kind of uh, connection. So 
if we're walking and we see another person with a backpack, they're obviously walking on the Camino, then immediately, like, we're friends. You know, immediately you just walk up and say, hey, how you doing? Oh, yeah, where did you start? How you doing today? And, like, there was an immediate connection, very easy to start a conversation, very, very, very quick connections. And this would happen. And then as you, you know, would start seeing the same people day after day after day, then you really started to become, you know, good friends with a lot of these people very quickly. And see, without that, it's kind of hard. If you're not a super extra, like Joe, then um, it can be very hard to connect with people. It doesn't matter if it's your family members, like your dad or your mom or your brother or sister, or just strangers, like on the Camino. Without that shared experience or interest of some kind, it's hard to connect with people, right? Most of us don't just walk up to people and just start, talking it helps to have to be doing something together or sharing something together and then that makes the connection much easier and so you know this brings me back to the topic from yesterday of the world cup i mean a lot of the the great part about the world cup is it just gets everybody right it has us all talking and, and communicating with people from all different countries and we're all you know having a good time uh, chatting about these games and really it doesn't matter who wins or who loses and all of that. It's just more of the this sort of um, great shared experience that we're having that gives us an excuse really <laughs> to to communicate with the, with each other, to joke around a little bit, you know, like joke about somebody's team or, or something and uh, it, it and, and in that way we we make uh, our connections stronger you know just by sharing these things they don't have to be deep and heavy and serious all the time in fact I think a lot of times it's it's best if they're not you know deeper connections can grow from these things which are not so deep at, right on the surface right on the surface uh, supporting the same football team or soccer team is not very deep it seems but it can be the beginning of connections that grow into really you know closer friendships or closer relationships uh you know sharing this world cup experience and having a good time just on social media with it you know could could be the beginning of connections that grow into actual friendships this has happened many times with Effortless English where people, uh, members, the Effortless English family, you know, people who, VIP members or others, um, who connect first on social media over just because of some lessons or just because they're following me on Twitter or some small thing like that. And then they end up taking a trip to some country and then they visit and they meet with another member, right? And they, they go to Italy and they meet uh, a a member who's Italian, who they just before they only knew from Twitter. A few years ago, I've been to Barcelona a few times, and I did some uh, a few little social events for Effortless English members in Barcelona. I've done this three times, I think now. And so we met you know, Spanish members. Some members came from Italy. Uh, some these were these were like little VIP member events at France, Germany. Uh, really fun. 
I've traveled in Indonesia and I've just met people who I've met, had people that I've just gone to coffee with in Thailand also where they just, they know me from Twitter. But then I get connection and you meet face to face and, and we've had people, uh, you know, become good friends because, because of just this shared uh, experience of, you know, something like uh, effortless English. So that's why I encourage everybody, have a good time with the World Cup. Don't take it too seriously. Um, I'm not, I personally am not a huge soccer fan. I don't really know much about it. As I said, I'm a typical American in this way, right? As I said, you know, with Americans, we're really, it's, it's, it's American football and baseball and for some basketball. I don't really like basketball very much, but I like baseball and American football. Um, but hey, you know, uh, this, I think the World Cup's a fun event, even though the United States is not in it. It's just a, it's a way to connect, right? It's a way to join in and, and for us just to have a good time together, it's an excuse to communicate. So I'm going to go to bed now. I'm going to need to call my own dad. Speaking of Father's Day, it's time for my, me to call my dad and say hello and wish him a happy Father's Day. I hope you'll do the same. And if you are a dad, let me say to you, happy Father's Day. And I'll be back with the normal walk and talks and podcasts tomorrow. Until then, follow me on Instagram at Effortless English Club effortless English club on Instagram. It's growing quickly. So I share some videos and pictures there. Effortless English club. And join my VIP program at effortlessenglishclub.com. Effortlessenglishclub.com. See you tomorrow.